It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back. It's time for silver and black today. That means you... That's right. You out there, you get to talk all things Las Vegas Raiders football here on our Odyssey official podcast. Thanks for joining us. He is Mo Moten. He is my co-host. He is the national writer over at Bleacher Report covering the NFL. He's also a sports columnist covering the Raiders on SportsNot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me at LV Gully. I also write up on SportsNot.com. And you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your audio podcast. We'd appreciate it if you would hit the subscribe button wherever that is. Turn on the auto download so every time we push a show to you, you will have the opportunity to listen in and tell us how brilliant we are. Yes, because we are. As we heard this week, so many people just lavishing comments and compliments on us, Mo. It's, it's, it's humbling to see so many people... Uh, tell me that I think that I'm smarter than them. And no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but seriously, I got a lot of great feedback on the show from Tuesday on the salary cap. A lot of folks were like, hey, that was actually level headed, like very cool to understand that you guys went through it, not only the salary cap in general, but then the Raiders salary cap. And it's interesting because all of the NFL media talks a lot about the salary cap, but they very rarely give people the one on one like we did on Tuesday. And we talked about this, well, I, I mentioned this to you before we got on air. I think what a lot of people do is they talk over people's heads. Yes. A lot of people try to showcase how smart they are and what they know, and they wind up losing their audience. And I think what we tried to do was we tried to break it down to the bare basics so that anyone can understand it. It wasn't about, you know, this is what we think and this is what we think the Raiders are going to do, but how does the salary cap impact what the Raiders could do in the offseason and some of the moves that they could make? Yeah. And it's sort of like I know every once in a while we get folks, well-meaning folks saying, hey, why don't you guys do film breakdowns? And it's like, well, that's not what we do. There's a certain segment of people who love that just X's and O's. And uh, our good friend Chris Reed, who used to write for me on silverandblacktoday.com, was one of those guys where he'd break down that stuff. And for people who love it, it's great. But for like 90 percent, the rest of folks they just kind of want to have an understanding because it's it's entertainment for them. They love their team. And so I think the same thing goes to your point about uh, the, the salary cap is like you could if you really want to go deep down into it, you can. But overall, people just want to know enough to understand. The other thing, if if we did do video breakdowns, that wouldn't be beneficial to our audio audience. No, it would not. <laughs> you can't. See right here, boom. Would, yeah, no, it would you, not. You be. really they really wouldn't be able to hear the breakdown. Correct. And, and visualize it. So. Again, what we'll I think what we will do, and Scott can check me on this, 
we will have video guys and film guys on the show. Sure. Matt Holder is one of the, one of my close guys who I, mm-hmm. who I lean on for a lot of knowledge. He also writes with Bleacher Report. Got on with Bleacher Report this year. He's actually working on scouting reports as we speak. I've seen yeah. the scouting reports come in. So those will be coming out as as the weeks and days go on. But it, we'll probably bring on – not probably. We will be bringing on draft guys and guys to sure. talk about quarterbacks and everyone, every, everything of that nature. Yeah, Ted Nguyen from uh, The Athletic I've had on the show for years and years uh, over and over again, uh, including when I was on Raider Nation Radio. So, so yeah, we we love those guys too, especially when we're getting technical, when we get up to, to your point, draft, talent evaluation, because they'll tell us what these guys do because they've watched so much film. Uh, and they, you know, we we have a view of it. We watch game film and all that stuff, but these guys watch hours upon hours of offensive linemen, right, in college, mm-hmm. which I don't have the time nor the desire to do, so we rely on their expertise, so it's all good. But but thank you guys all for the compliments on there. I'm glad that the concept Mo and I came up with for that show uh, hit home for you, and we certainly appreciate it. Today we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk about the future of the quarterback position for the Raiders. Also, just uh, I want to give you a, a quick heads up that we'll have a special show tomorrow. Mo doesn't even know about this yet, uh, where uh, I'm going to be talking with Lee Steinberg, the super agent. He's been on the show with us before here. We're going to talk to him about the quarterback market. Where might the Raiders go? What might they pay for a quarterback? And then we'll also ask him his opinion on Derek Carr and his market. And if there is a trade market for the Raiders, which many of you don't believe, I'm kind of on that side too. I think it'll be hard for them to find a trade partner, but you never know. So we're going to talk to him. So we're going to get into that quarterback. Uh, These will be two days of quarterback conversation, uh, both today on Thursday and then a quick special uh, show tomorrow with Lee Steinberg. So Mo, let's look at this, at this and the Raiders situation with the quarterback. We know they're saying goodbye to Derek Carr, whether it's via trade or letting him walk away and become a free agent. Uh, But the future of the position we have to start, I think, for, for our listeners and viewers on YouTube, uh, back at the beginning here of what Josh McDaniels, with his offense, what does he run? I've seen a lot of fans. they got to go after Lamar Jackson, who's technically going to be a free agent, but I'm sure he's going to work out a deal with Baltimore. I'm pretty certain of it. Um, but you look at somebody like that, and people are salivating, we should go get Lamar Jackson. Uh, but in reality, Josh McDaniel's offensive system, which if you've watched the Patriots over the year, you ha- years, you have some understanding of. But let's start there, Mo, because when you look at Josh McDaniel's offense, we've talked about it through the course of the year as it related to leading up to this past season and then, of course, through the season. But, but encapsulate for folks, when you're thinking about a quarterback in Josh McDaniel's system— what does that quarterback need to do? What skill sets would be most beneficial for that quarterback in his system with the Las Vegas Raiders? I think the best quarterback for Joshua Daniels' system is a quarterback who plays within the structure of the offense. And what I mean by that is, okay, let's just take Lamar Jackson, for instance, right? Lamar Jackson plays the quarterback position different than any other quarterback in this league. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a knock against Lamar Jackson, but he plays a lot. A lot of his plays that he makes, the spectacular plays that you see with his legs or his arm, a lot of it is out of structure. So it's a lot of off-platform, you know, improvisation. So with Joshua Daniels' system, I think he would prefer a quarterback who plays more within the structure of the system. I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson isn't a good quarterback, but I just don't think he's the fit for a Josh McDaniels offensive system just based on what Josh McDaniels has had in in previous years. Now I know he's had Cam Newton, 
But you got to remember the Patriots signed Cam Newton, I believe, in, 20, in the 2020 offseason as a kind of a last resort. I believe they signed him mm-hmm. in like June. So he was he wasn't their first option at quarterback. It's because they ran out of options. And and by the way, Ken Newton didn't play well when he got there. I know he's at the end of his career and wasn't what he was in his prime. But if you look at Ken Newton, the type of player he's been, the type of quarterback he's been, again, doesn't play within great structure. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. He's more of a, he's more of a, how, if I were to analogize it, he's more of an artist. Mm -hmm. And you see this in a lot of businesses where you see certain talented people are, are just better when they do their own thing. You can't box them into a system and say, this is what we want you to do. If this, this, that happens, you just got to let them go out there and do their thing. And I think Lamar Jackson is that type of quarterback and Cam Newton in his prime, when they had the Super Bowl run in Carolina, was that type of quarterback. I think Josh McDaniels needs a guy that's going to take the playbook and say, what do you need me to do? And I'll try to perfect that. And I think you heard a lot of that from Derek Carr when he says, I'm just trying to do what Josh McDaniels wants. Now, Carr said that previous years, but I think that was more so true this year because of the way the system is set up, because you have to know certain route concepts. Even Devontae Adams said that Josh McDaniels' system is the most complex system that he's played in. And he said basically that you have to know certain route concepts. I think with the quarterback, there's a lot to know. And that's not to say that, jo- that Lamar Jackson can't absorb the playbook. Is is he going to be willing to play within a structured system and do X, Y, Z as he's expected to do from Josh McDaniels? And I think that answer would probably go to the coach staff, but I would think that Josh McDaniels wants someone, again, who's more stuck to the pocket, more of a pocket-passing quarterback. Not that he won't run the ball, not that he won't be able to stay in place because we've seen Jared Stidham do that against the 49ers and even against the Chiefs at a loss. Right. But a quarterback who's going to stick to the pocket and throw downfield. Right, because it, it's about the structure, right? It's about it's about executing with excellence within a structure. There's less freelance. And that's yep. the thing. You're absolutely right. I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. And the, the his ability to freelance, especially when you look at Baltimore, <laughs> um, even his MVP year, they're not loaded at wide receiver. They're, you know, they'll have a good running back. They have good tight ends, but they're not going to be all pro at all those spots, right? Because Lamar Jackson would freelance. He'd run the ball a lot, do things uh, on his own and on the fly. Uh, and that's what made him so good before, uh, I think, injuries started getting a hold of him. But, but yes, to, that's a good, I, a good point about the type of quarterback. So, so people see a quarterback on the market, Mo. And they say, well, that's one of the best players in the NFL. How could you not go get him? And, and so when they say something like, and you think about the system, you have to think about, and you, and you can use Derek Carr, for example. Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Derek Carr in this system, now maybe if he had another year, some people argue that, but either way, it was not a good fit, right? And that's not because Derek Carr doesn't have talent. It's because the system which Josh McDaniels runs, for whatever reason, it, it just wasn't working how they thought it might work. And so you have to go out and find your guy to do that. That's why we've talked about uh, names like Mac Jones, which we'll get to in a second. 
But when you look at that and you and you think guys that aren't able to do that, give examples of other quarterbacks, not just quarterbacks that are available. Obviously, you start with Tom Brady because he's been running it for so long at such a high level of success. But but other types of quarterbacks that would fit in, would a Peyton Manning fit in a system like that? I think it would because Peyton Manning, he he wasn't going to take off with the football. <laughs> he was going to try to beat you from the pocket. And I, again, right, that's what right. I think. That's what I think Josh McDaniels wants. If you remember, remember that press conference that a lot of people talked about where Josh McDaniels said he didn't want a running quarterback. Yes. I'm not calling Lamar Jackson a running quarterback, but I'm sure Josh McDaniels would want a quarterback who can extend plays with his legs because that's where the league is headed at that position. Correct. But I think it would drive him nuts that, a quarterback would pull the ball down and run 10 yards versus throwing the ball downfield on a specific read for 20. Right. That That's going to drive Josh McDaniels nuts, and I think that's where the friction comes in with him and Lamar Jackson. Now, mm-hmm. the other thing is, and this is outside of the structure of playbook and X's and O's, but think about this for a minute. Lamar Jackson has missed 10 games in the last two years. <sighs> so he is reportedly pushing for a, a fully guaranteed contract, and I would see why, because the way his play style is, you want that protection. I don't see the Raiders willing to pay him Number one, give up draft capital for him, two right. ones and probably other draft picks, and then pay him a fully guaranteed contract knowing his recent injury history. You're going to want him to stand in the pocket and throw the football and not get hurt. And that's the other part, that's the other layer of this where I think Lamar Jackson doesn't fit Josh McDaniels. Well, at the injuries, and and also I might add, Mo, that, that the money that has been, the number that's been floated out there, which is a Deshaun uh, Watson-type Watson. number, Mm-hmm. is ludicrous for the same reason you just mentioned, which is, dude, you've missed 10 games in two years. Like, you can't, you can't, he's not, and listen, I, again, I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. He is not the same quarterback he was the year he won the MVP, primarily because of how he plays the game. Now, God bless him, he's going to do what he's going to do, but I think that's put him in the danger. So he can't demand the money that Deshaun Watson, who hadn't played for two years, did even, because of that. So we'll see where it goes. And I think that's why it's a bad idea for the Raiders as well, because to your point, to give up everything for him, I don't think they need to do that. They can take a different approach with that. When we look at that and we look at guys that we've talked about here on the show, and we're going to get to Tom Brady separately. We're going to do that in the second segment because I think it deserves its own time. But you look at rookies coming out. We, we hear a lot about this class. Will Levis. We hear about, um, of course, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. So those are the three rookie guys. We don't know if the Raiders are going to be in a position. I think all three of those guys are going to be gone in the top five picks. So that would mean the Raider. Now, crazy things can happen, but I'm I'm pretty sure that that's how it's going to end up. If that's the case, the Raiders then have to trade up if, if anybody's willing to trade up, which maybe Chicago, that's about it, because everyone else needs a quarterback, including Carolina at five, who seemingly, even though they don't have a coach yet, technically, uh, is has been reported to really be high on C.J. Stroud, of course, before the, the combines and pro days and all that. But if you look at this, at those rookies, um, I, I just don't see the Raiders going the full rookie route. I'm not saying they don't get up. If they really love one of those guys, Mo, and they can get up there and get them, I think they will. It still, to me, says that they're going to get a bridge guy. And you look at the free agents out there. We mentioned Brady. You have Garoppolo. You have the possibility of maybe a trade for Mac Jones, who went behind Bill Belichick's back, which never ends up well for the player in New England. You have Jacoby Brissett, and, of course, you have Jarrett Stidham. Those are just some of the names out there. When you look at those names, um, are those all bridge guys, especially if you get a rookie? Now, if you go that route and get a rookie, high in the draft, 
because I think the Raiders draft a quarterback no matter where it is in the draft this year, uh, at least one. Um, you look at one of those guys. Are all of those guys good fits for the system we just talked about? Yes, so because they've they've played in the system that we just talked about. So Josh McDaniels understands that those guys know how to operate at a certain level in his offense. So you, you ran down the names, and we won't talk about Tom Brady yet because right. a lot of people have probably have Tom Brady fatigue at this point. But the other names that you mentioned that are out there, like Jimmy G, mm-hmm. you know. I, I don't like the Jimmy G route because, again, injuries. To me, if you're going to get a, a quarterback who's consistently hurt or recently been hurt, you should invest a lot in a draft pick or or a third quarterback because yeah. ten, chances are if you if you sign Jimmy G, whoever is your backup, whoever is your third quarterback is probably is probably going to play. <laughs> you know, so that's that that's just the probability of it. Now, the other name a lot of people wanted to bring up Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, uh basically a backup quarterback in this league. We saw him in Cleveland this year before Deshaun Watson took over. We saw him in Miami the previous year. So he's a serviceable quarterback. Is he gonna get you you know 11 12 wins? No, but can he get you through the season until maybe your rookie quarterback is ready or you, you get another quarterback? Yeah, he can get you through. Uh, the other name you mentioned, Mac Jones, who a lot of people again push back on, but I still put the name out there simply because, despite the knocks against Mac Jones coming out of Alabama, mm-hmm. right in 2021, he's not a statue quarterback. He's not a quarterback who can't move. Now, is is movement his you know one of his strong points? Like like Jalen Hurts or is he Lamar? No, he's not on those level. He's not a quarterback that's going to mm-hmm. get you. 500 rushing yards and five touchdowns in a season, but he can move. He has some mobility. I've watched it this year. If you watch any Patriot games, you will see Mac Jones is able to move with his legs. So I put that out there simply because, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, there is some friction in New England. And Bill Belichick's reportedly, Chris Sims said this, Bill Belichick wasn't happy with Mac Jones going behind his back and maybe criticizing the offense and the way things were running in New England. So if they are still, if they still have a rift, and the Patriots like Bailey Zappi, I can see Mac Jones on the move. Now, again, Mac Jones had a pretty good rookie season under Josh McDaniels, and a lot of people say Mac Jones is a dirty player. Mac Jones is garbage this year. <laughs> watch, just watch a couple of Patriot games. You will see that a lot of the problem is Matt Patricia calling the plays for that offense. And as we speak right now, the Patriots are looking for an offensive coordinator. For that reason, Robert Kraft was not happy with the offensive coordinator situation, and that's why the Patriots are going out to look for another play call. So to me, if it's not Brady, again, who we won't talk about in depth right now, to me, <laughs> Mac Jones is the is, is, is a long shot that I think a lot of people should start talking more about. Now, of course, as I said, there's Jimmy G out there. I don't like that yeah. option. There's Jacoby Brissett out there. You could re-sign Jared Stidham. I, I don't think that's going to bring fans to the stadium and, and keep opposing <laughs> fan bases out and put Raider no. fans in seats, but... No. If you're thinking long game, if you start Jared Stidham and you stink, then in the 2024 draft, you could draft high at one of the top two quarterbacks. Yeah, and, and I'll say this too. I, as you mentioned, all the quarterbacks we talked about played in the Patriots system, right, for the most part. Uh, the rookies, obviously not, but but the guys uh, in the in, in that you mentioned, including Brissett, they all played in New England, so they, they, they've run the system. And, and I think it depends too, Mo, where the guys, where they go, if they go high for a quarterback, which is a possibility – then, then I think that changes the the complexion of who it is. Then, yeah, might you do a Brissette? Might you do 
uh, a Jimmy G knowing he might get injured and you got a young guy behind him and maybe a third quarterback like Stidham there too. Who knows? Uh, because then you make your rookie your third quarterback and just get him, get him uh, ready and seasoned before uh, he gets the opportunity. But that aside, um, I think that all of this together, you know, they have so many routes to go. It's going to be hard. It's hard to guess where they're going to go. The, the, the consensus so far, including with the odds makers offshore, of course, because there's crazy bets offshore, uh, is that that the Raiders will pursue at some point Tom Brady for at least a discussion. So when we come back from the break, we're going to devote the whole segment uh, to that as well. I know some Raider fans are going to want to turn it off because they will not accept Tom Brady. I guess if they if he was holding up a Lombardi trophy uh, at Allegiant Stadium next year when the Super Bowl is there in 24, um, I think they might accept him, but maybe I'm wrong. But when we get back, we're going to talk about Tom Brady, the possibility of him coming to the Raiders, and also we're going to talk about his numbers, right? Is he falling off? Is he washed like some people say he is? I don't think he is. We'll talk through that when we come back here. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. We'll be right back.